it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hopalong John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes, chase proud crappie or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio. Radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson and Southern California. Welcome to Rod Real Radio. We particularly appreciate you listening tonight on this Labor Day weekend. We hope you're having a good weekend. And whether you're on the road or you're barbecuing or you're out at sea, we appreciate you turning on to the show. We've got a great show lined up for you tonight, and I think we will make it worth your while for listening tonight. Scheduled tonight is the director of the Penn Fishing Reel University. He's a writer and lecturer, Mr. Steve Carson. He comes on right a little bit after 5 o'clock here. And then at the 6 o'clock hour, we have the owner-operator of Angler's Inn, with now three great locations to choose from, one in the Amazon, the other in Mexico, and their new location in northern Canada, Mr. Billy Chapman. So we'll we have two great guests on tonight. But before we get it all started, let me introduce to you first the co-host of Rod and Reel Radio. He is the voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, good evening. Good evening, John. Good evening, everybody. You know, it's another hot week and another hot week of fishing. At least I got some in this week. That was good. Well, got some in, uh, saltwater or freshwater? Uh, no, I had uh, some new baits that I kind of wanted to try in the freshwater arena, so I took them up to the pond, and <clears throat> we we uh, I was only there from, I don't know, got there probably about 7 o'clock till noon and had about 19 pounds for my best five, so it was working pretty doggone good. I mean, the Casitas has been an incredible impoundment here. Water's way the heck and gone down. You got one little launch ramp to get in. Uh, I don't know how long that's going to last. Um, but the fishery there has been pretty incredible. I mean, for a two-day tournament there, for a for t- tournament of champions that took 39-49 to win for two days, that's nice. on a local lake here. So um, it, the fishing has been pretty doggone incredible and uh, a lot of fun. So you can go up there and test drive new baits, and they'll tell you if they work or if you have to change colors. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. All right. Hey, let's also introduce... My other co-host for Ron Real Radio, she is a national sales manager for Iserline and also the rep for many other fine products in the fishing industry, Miss Wendy Toshihara. Wendy, good evening to you. Good evening to you guys, and it's a beautiful weekend, and uh, I'm at home away from all the traffic. 
What a wise woman. I think we're all happy to be that way. And if you guys are in the traffic, you know, we feel for you. But thank you for turning on to Rod and Real Radio. We're going to make your commute just a little easier. Hey, guys, let's get on to our first guest because he really is a fun fellow to talk to. He is a director of the Penn Fishing University. He's a well-known writer. You probably uh, read a lot of his stories and a lot of publications throughout Southern California here. He's also a lecturer. I know you've seen him at a lot of trade shows. He's a good friend of Rod and Real Radio, Mr. Steve Carson. Steve, welcome to the show. Thanks, John, and good evening, and good evening to Stan, and of course, Wendy, too. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. Well, you know, uh, Steve, Stan put it in a nutshell. The fishing has been pretty darn good, especially on the saltwater side over here. I mean, uh, in recorded memory, uh, does anyone think that this is not absolutely one of the banner years on the saltwater side for fishing? Well, I, people have asked me that question, and I'm going to be a slight, a very slight voice of dissension, partially because I'm so old and I remember <laughs> stuff from a long time ago. 1983, the Great El Nino, despite as many fish as are being caught right now, 83 was better. There were more. Um, yellowfin, yellowtail, dorado, skipjack, all that. There were actually quite a substantial number more, but... And this is the big asterisk in that. This year, compared to 83, the fish are closer, number one, that's a good thing. And probably more important, the average size this year is probably double what the average size was in 83. I mean, you could go out, it was nothing to catch 100 yellowfin, 100 yellowtail, and 100 dorado on an overnight trip in 83, and the jackpot fish would be 10 and a half pounds. Right. So, you know what, these definitely are the good old days. I think you know. I remember '83, and it and it was really good fishing. But we didn't have this bluefin, and we certainly had nothing quite the size of 200 pounds next to the beach. It's well, well, right. And and in '83, what we did have again, everything's double. We what we had was if you went out look for them, you could get big eyes, yes, and if yes. you were lucky, they were 75 to 100 pounds. Exactly you know, so that right. was sort of the the tactical equivalent of, of what the bluefin is this year. And, again, this year, those bluefin are even bigger. So, uh, again, across the board, the average size compared to 83, the average size of the fish we're catching this year is at least double, if not maybe a little bit more than double. Because some of those Dorado back then, they, were, uh, they weren't even barely necktie Dorado. They were, uh, they were bow-tie Dorado. They, they, were, they were pretty small. But, uh, again... Even if it wasn't as good as 83, that was 32 years ago. That means half the people listening out there in the audience were not even born. Yep. So you know, Stephen, it's, that was, it's pretty amazing. That was before the time when we had uh, the Saners going out and knocking them dead and all kinds of things happening. And, you know, I mean, we've even had the Navy being blamed for sonar and the activities that they're doing out off our local coast for scaring a lot of these fish away. But for some reason, the summer of 2015, that just doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, so if you're grousing around and not saying, I'm not catching anything, it's because you haven't left the couch. <laughs> so now you can be forgiven if you, know, if you don't want to go out and battle the traffic and battle the crowds of Labor Day. 
guess what? That ends tomorrow. And traditionally, whether it was in 1983 or virtually any year before or since, the best month for saltwater fishing in Southern California is always the last half of September, the first half of October, because the fishing's as good or better than it is in midsummer, and there's no crowds, and the weather's usually better. So if, you, if you've had excuses for why you haven't gone, throw them out the window, get yourself out on that water. That's why I'm leaving next Friday for five days. <laughs> right. Whitney, you've got a charter going, too, don't you? I have one uh, September 17th through the 19th on The Legend. Right, and uh, we have another one uh, uh, with Ron Real Radio September the 21st on The Sea Adventure 2. So, man, perfect timing on our part, I think. Well, I'll wave to you guys because I'll, I'll be out on the searcher on a sixth day, the 13th through the uh, 19th. So I'll be waving. You'll see. You, you'll you'll know it's me. Wait a minute. Maybe. Who's going to do the radio show? <laughs> I don't know. Here, I, I leave the 11th. I'll be back on the 17th. You're leaving. Uh, Wendy's leaving somewhere in the middle of that. Um, I I think this calls for a pre-taping. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> hey, well, Steve, here's here's one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight. We kind of talked about it last week. We know that down here in San Diego, the Everingham brothers do one heck of a job to supply the bait barges in San Diego Bay and Mission Bay and then also up at Dana Point with bait. But there's been a lot of instances where the boats get up to the bait barge and there is an out-of-bait sign posted. That's happened this week. It's happened at all the bait barges. Can we talk a little bit about what are some of the things that we can do when we're planning to go out? We know there's a, a great mass of fish out there. We know they're biting what are some of the things we can do to catch fish when we don't have bait or we have very little of it, or it's not good bait? Well, and, and you know, even when there's limited amounts of bait, the the the, uh, the bait companies tend to make sure that the that the party boats have got bait. So, luckily, the private boaters have got a little couple little different tricks they can pull out of their hat and uh, and do stuff that the big boats can't do. You know, the big boats when they can start start just throwing, you know, 40-yard scoops of bait over the side for chum, that can be pretty hard to compete with when you're a small boater with with one scoop of bait in the whole boat. Um, Even if you can't buy any live bait, you know, try to go buy, you know, a a bait shop or or even a seafood place and get uh, a couple bags of, you know, frozen whatever you can get. Uh, uh, Frozen sardines is best. It can be frozen herring. It can be frozen anchovies. You know, get what you can get. Fresh is better, but frozen is better than having nothing. And chunking is not a new technique. It's been around, you know, as long as people have been fishing, and, and long-range anglers have, have most likely virtually all seen it. A lot of local anglers have not seen chunking. But it's, it's sort of, it's so passive, it almost seems like it shouldn't work. But basically, you're cutting your, your bait up, you know, well, again, whether it's sardine or mackerel or anchovy, if you if you can catch some bonita or catch some skipjack, so much the better. And you're cutting it up into relatively small pieces. Now, I didn't coin this term, but the term is kind of getting more popular: potato chip chunking, where instead of you know taking your sardine traditionally, you would take a sardine and cut them you know into four pieces, cut them in half, and cut each piece in half. And, and, and those would be your chunks. So you get four pieces out of each sardine. If you slice that sardine 
you know, almost like you're making a steak, but, but wafer thin, literally as thin as a potato chip, where if you hold it up to light, you can, you can kind of read a newspaper through it. That's still okay. And so now you can get 8, 10, 12 pieces off the sardine, plus you still have the head and the tail. So maybe you got 14 pieces, and if you've got limited amounts of money and limited amounts of, of ability to carry bait, you throw one of those little little wafers, for want of a better word, of a sardine over about every 30 seconds. If you're throwing over a quarter sardine every 30 seconds, you're going to go through a lot of sardines by the end of the day. And if you're just throwing these little wafers over, um, you can you can make it go a long time. You don't have to throw big handfuls. One every 30 seconds. Just make sure it's a regular thing. So it's like, you know, it's like a little breadcrumb trail for the fish to follow, and they will follow it. It might take, it's funny, I was looking at, uh, at a, a thing online uh, today where somebody was complaining they tried chunking, and it didn't work after 30 minutes, so they left. <laughs> well, <laughs> about 15 minutes after they left, the fish started to bite. I guarantee you exactly yeah. where they were. Um, you know, it takes a little while. You know, you got to figure, you got you to gotta wait for, for that, that bait to really disseminate you know, hundreds if not thousands of yards down current, and it takes a while for the fish to kind of swim swim up towards it. And then, you know, the water's been clear this year, obviously, and you can, you can look down and when your baits are, you know, 20, 30 feet down, you can still see them, maybe even 50 feet down in some cases. If all of a sudden they're gone, that means something ate them. <laughs> hey, Steve, <laughs> so that's if, a clue. If you're doing this uh, technique that you call uh, tater chip uh, uh, chunking, when you actually hook something onto your hook, are you hooking that wafer on there, or are you taking a regular sized chunk and putting it on? And no, you're you... you're putting on the wafer. You can maybe make it a, a, a double thick wafer so that it it doesn't you know just fall off the hook the minute it hits the water. But uh, and you know you can put a pretty good size hook in it. You know if if you like whether you like J hooks or circle hooks, two o to four o. You know use use your favorite. And, you know, the trick is with all chunking, and, and again, long-range anglers know this, is you want to make sure that the chunk that on your hook looks like the one, that, you know, the ones that you're, throwing, that you're throwing into the water. So you don't want to just cast it out, put your reel on, click, and, and let the thing drag in the current. That's, that's not what you want to do. You want to, you, you know, you're basically stripping, hand-stripping free spool, so that the chunk is just drifting naturally back there. And you don't have to let it drift back 200 yards. You can let it drift back 100, 150 feet. As long as somebody, whether it's you or somebody else in the boat, is continuing that chunk line, if you don't get bit after it's 150 feet behind the boat, crank it in, drop it back in again. And, And um, yeah, if if you can do anything wrong, it's having your chunk drift at a different rate or not drift at all. Uh, naturally, like the other chunks are. That's that's kind of the one mistake you can make. But as long as you're aware of it, you just compensate for it. Yeah, you don't want it spinning on the end of your line out there right. in one spot. Right. Yeah. That 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 will not be good. You might get a shark that way, but <laughs> that would be about it. Steve, when you're hooking up that chunk, what do you do? Do you just send the hook through the meat of that chunk once, or do you send it through a couple of times, or what? Well, you see, you can again if you can visualize a sort of shape like a steak, you can just stab it through once. If if you make it, you know, like I say, double thick and there's a little bit of skin, you can go through the skin to uh, you know just to make it hang on there a little tougher. But there's no real need 
to to hide the hook inside the chunk. You know, some long range fishermen, and you know, and you're you're talking about a little bit different type of fishery where they're down fishing for giant yellowfin tuna, and they're literally using fourteen o hooks. Um, there there can be uh, you know some effort necessary effort to hide the hook inside the chunk, but you know, for these smaller fish, not a sophisticated fish, and much more actively feeding fish, it's not that necessary to try to hide the hook. Hey, we're speaking with uh, Steve Carson. He is the director of the Penn Fishing uh, University. He's also a writer and lecturer. And Steve, we just started scratching the surface. Can you stay over one more segment with us? And we can talk about methods of fishing when, hey, there's no bait at the bait barge. You bet. Steve, if you can stay with us, we appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it. Hey, this is Stan and Wendy, and we're here on Labor Day weekend on Rod and Reel Radio on AM 540 or at com. Stay tuned. More of Steve Carson to come after these messages. can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main at El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. 2015 and 16, Quantum Fishing's gone and done it again for you with the brand new redesigned Smoke PT Reel Series. Everything from your spinning reels all the way to your bait casters, the PTA design has a new PTXA frame, lighter, stronger, bone crushing drag, Quantum Fishing. 
We are performance-tuned. Check them out at Angler's Arsenal in La Mesa or anglersarsenal.com or give us a call at 619-466-8355. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> that is just absolutely awesome. We do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. Stan and Wendy are with us tonight, and our special guest here in the first hour. He is writer, lecturer, and the director of the Penn Fishing University, Mr. Steve Carson. And and Steve, we were talking a little bit about uh, chunking with uh, uh, dead bait or so. Can we use a skipjack or a bonita if we happen to have that to to fish again for these tuna? And and how's the best way to prepare that bait? Oh, absolutely. Bonita or skipjack are perfectly good uh, as, as chunk bait. You know, you, no you, what you might want to do in order to get that, uh, simulate, as it were, that sort of half-dollar size round sliver of a, of a sardine, you might have to fillet it and then, and then uh, loin, loin it so that you can get the proper sizes, but... It works, you know, just about any species of fish will actually work. So if you've got skipjack, uh, bonita, uh, mackerel, uh, smelt, virtually anything will work. Although, although I, I always like to caution people that the actual name of what everybody calls skipjack is indeed skipjack tuna. They are a member of the tuna family. And uh, back in the day, they got kind of a, uh, a bad reputation because they were thrown in a, in a dry gunny sack and baked in the sun all day long and weren't very good when they came back. But with today's, you know, uh, care that we take of the fish, where we carefully bleed them, we chill them down, we put them in RSW, uh, skipjack, as long as when you're cleaning them, when you're cutting the fillet, that you cut that dark line out so you lose about a third, skipjack is every bit as good as yellowfin tuna, and in fact, probably 90% of the canned tuna, if you buy chunk light tuna in the supermarket, I know nobody listening to your show would ever buy canned tuna in the supermarket, but if they did, it's skipjack. So a lot of times, skipjack gets dissed a little bit. But on the other hand, if it's a choice of a five-pound skipjack and using it for bait for a forty-pound yellowfin, he's go he's going onto the chopping block. <laughs> That's you know, the way it's going to work. I, I will say this: that a two hundred pound yellowfin will guarantee you that that's one of the best eating fish in the ocean. <laughs> oh, you bet, you they bet. Love another another little side note: I just want to make sure that I got it in because it, it made me think about it. You know, what do you do when you when you don't you, you can't buy bait. You were planning on buying bait, and now you can't, you can't get any. Man, maybe you forgot to buy some frozen. You've got nothing in the boat. So now you have to go catch your own bait, and that means sabiki rigs. And, and I see this quite often. People buy their sabiki rigs based on one thing, price. They buy the cheapest possible ones that they can, and certainly to a degree, 
I understand that, but you got to pay attention to the size because your different bait species are going to uh, respond differently to different sabiki sizes. If you've got a fairly good size one that you would use for mackerel, you know, like a, a size four or even a two, that's fine for mackerel if that happens to be what, you, what you're over when you're trying to catch bait. But if you're over sardines or even anchovies, they're not going to hit them like ever. So you have to make sure that you get, you at least have somewhere in the boat, a couple packs of the absolute smallest ones you can get. Uh, the smallest ones you can ordinarily get in the United States are 14s. And if you have people going over to Japan or something like that for you, have them buy you. They, they actually make them all the way down to size 20, which is almost wow. invisible in Japan. So sometimes when, you know, when those smaller bait species are feeding on little tiny almost microscopic stuff in the water, that's how you're going to catch them. If you have a big old sabiki that's, that's made for mackerel, it's, it's not going to work. Wow. Steve, Let me add to... something to that. I, I, I am fully, I'm with you a thousand percent on this, Steve. But I've been telling my guys here in the last little bit because you're, you're, if you're going on a multi-day trip nowadays, you are going to have to make bait. It's not, I'll have to make it if I, if there's no bait at the receiver. But you know, I think everybody has to have sabikis on their boat, even if you're going out for the day because you can run out of bait. You know, if you've only got a scoop, but you, right. you can still catch mackerels. I think that's a, an important tool to have in your boat. And I've been telling my guys that are going on these long-range trips, even the five-day trip, buy yourself a – Sabiki makes a Sabiki rod, it's, and it's a hollow tube that you can reel the, the Sabikis into them. It'll sit in your boat without being, you know, waving those little Sabiki flags around that you get hooked on if you're trying to walk around your center console or even if you're walking down the side of the boat on a, on a sport boat. But that's one of the finest little tools – for cheap, they're about, I don't know, 60, 70 bucks that you can buy to have in your boat as a tool for catching bait, and you don't have to mess with it ever. You Once you've got a reel on it and you hook your sabiki up to it, it's got a weight on the end, you just put it in there. When you need it, you need it, and you're, and you're done. It's a great little tool. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because in a small boat, uh, a rigged-up sabiki flying around in the wind can definitely just reach out and grab you every time you walk by it. Oh, you can't walk around the center console with one of those things hanging there. So if you're going to make bait, that little sabiki rod, you reel your sabikis right into the tube of the bait. It's hollow. It's a cool little tool. And once you've got one and you've used it, you'll hang on to that thing. That's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, but but definitely you want to have an assortment of sizes based on the bait species that you're over. Um, If if you've got the larger ones, the little bait species are are not going to bite them. And conversely... If you're dropping down on one-pound bully frog mackerel with one of those little tiny number 14s with three-pound test droppers, they're going to make mincemeat out of your out of your sabikis, and you're going to be thinking back to when I said this. You're going to be thinking, I'm going to pound that Carson into the pavement next time I see him. <laughs> Just have the right one for the right fish. Now, right. Steve, if we've anticipated maybe there being a problem with beta, we were going to try something else, and we bought uh, a couple of packs of frozen squid. Do those work, and how can we prepare those that will stand a good chance of maybe catching a yellowfin or a bluefin or, or something good coming on by? I would say that squid's best used, and and Wendy's and my one, our, our mentor from many years ago, the great Captain Russ Eisler himself, used to like to put squid in a blender. 
and make basically squid soup. And that was that was more of a more of a scent attractant rather than you know something for the fish to eat. So that that you would supplement uh, to your chunking, but it would absolutely uh, create a scent trail. And uh, if you were trying to attract bait, it would also it would also do that. If you're trying to attract bait around the boat, there's also commercial chums that work pretty well. Some people will just take a can of cat food, put a bunch of holes in it, tie a line to it, throw it over the side, let it create a, a chum slick to create bait, to uh, attract bait around the boat. But uh, squid itself, in, in, at least in my experience, hasn't been as good. Little squids. Now, in the, in the days of Humboldt's, when we had Humboldt's around, that's one of the best chunk baits I could ever imagine. But if you're talking about the little market squids, just throw them in the blender and, and make soup out of them. You know, another good thing to use um, is the chum buddy. I like to use it on our boat. And uh, that I don't know if you know what a chum buddy is, Steve, but it's sure. great. It macerates all the, all the bait that you gather up, all the dead bait or whatever you want to throw in it, and you just hang it over the side of your boat, and, and uh, you get your slick. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's that. That's a very, very useful tool. Something that, you know, if you're handy, you could even make your own. You know, they, they are commercially available, but, that yeah, that's a great thing. And that way you can sort of, even if you catch, like, yellowtail or yellowfin or dorado, something good, you catch one, um, you fillet him, you know, within, within the regulations. <laughs> Read the regulations carefully when you're filleting fish at sea. And then you can take what the scraps are left over, throw those in the chum buddy, and basically make chum out of whatever you got. Right. Now, Steve, I, I know there's many other artificial lures we can use, but if you were limited where you just brought one with you that uh, you were fishing for, let's say, the Dorado or whatever it is right now, what would you use to go after those baits on the artificial lure side? Well, you know, I mean, specifically with Dorado, truthfully, there's a little bit of a safety issue with virtually any kind of a lure with Dorado. Because when they're not only when they're jumping up out in the water, if they throw the lure, it can come flying back at you. But maybe even more so when he's flopping around on the deck of your boat. Uh, there's a safety issue. So with Dorado, I, I like to just use basically weightless something, weightless dead bait, a strip of bonita or skipjack, maybe an, maybe an inch wide or maybe eight inches long is really good. Just fly line back in the current. Almost looks like a swimming snake, or they probably think it's an eel. Who knows what they think it is. But for, you know, for tuna and yellowtail, uh, you know what? If somebody held a gun to my head and said for the rest of my life I get to use one lure out there for tuna, yellowtail, albacore if they ever come back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It, it would probably be a Taddy 9. Um, you know, it's not always the absolute best one, but I cannot think of a single species of fish that I have not done well with on, on a Taddy 9. Uh, you know, maybe a, with a treble hook for smaller local fish or a big heavy single hook for 100-pound tuna, it's just a good all-around lure, uh, blue and chrome. Again, and if somebody held a gun to my head, would be the, the all-around color. But pretty much anything with chrome or blue and white, it's more how you fish it than what color it is. Right. Now, hey, good, Steve. Good call, by the way. That's, that's kind of like the universal size of a bait. It's perfect size, and it's got some weight, so it'll sink. That's a great bait. Yeah, you can fish it on 20 or 25-pound line for local fish. You can fish it on 50 when you're long-range fishing. It's yep. just it's just a very very versatile lure. You're right. 
Now, Steve, that people want to catch up with you and see you in person. You've got some personal appearances coming up and uh, some places where uh, people can stop by to say hello. Yeah, I'm, in fact, I, I'm surprised that Wendy's not going to be there because <laughs> this coming Wednesday night at 6 p.m., the grand opening of the new Bass Pro Shop in Rockland, California. That's kind of a suburb of Sacramento. And uh, so, yeah, so I'll be there on Wednesday and Thursday of this coming week. Then, of course, I'm going to be on the, uh, on the, on the searcher, but that's, that's completely full. Then in October, I have an eight-day Penn Fishing University trip on the American Angler. That's completely full. But you can check on both the official Penn Reels Facebook page, as uh, the 2016 schedule is starting to show up there, they can also post questions for me there, right, right on the page. I answer with, with my actual real name, not a, not an internet name. And um, also, I've already got a schedule up for next year. I'll have it all hopefully soon. But I've already got my schedule up for our eight-day Penn Fishing University trip, eight days in June on the Shogun. And a five day in August on the Vagabond for 2016. So you can already find those. You can already sign up for them. Both of those trips are very popular and sell out early. So if you're thinking about it, don't think too long. You know, <laughs> Steve, on uh, the Rod Real Radio page, we have a video of you at the iCast show uh, introducing us to some of the new pen products. I got to tell you, I brought them into the shop and they were gone. Before I even know what, even before I could get one to play around with, uh, what are some of those new products by Penn though that are just red hot right now? The, the ones that are the, the the three that are kind of red red super hot right now are all the Fathom two speeds, right. the Penn Fathom two speeds. There's a variety of sizes, but the most popular ones are the forty narrow. It, it's a mouthful to say the number, but it's the FTH forty NLD two, which is a two speed lever drag narrow 4.0 size, and for, for fishing 50-pound line, whether you're yo-yoing for yellowtail, throwing wahoo bombs for wahoo, or fly lining for 125-pound tuna, that, and it's 299 bucks. There's no. nothing like it anywhere close to the price. Uh, if that's too big for you, the, actually the number one most popular one is the 25 narrow size, and that's the FTH 25NLD2, and that's again a two-speed lever drag. That's for uh, you know your fly lining or medium-sized jigs with 30 and 40-pound test uh, tuna up to 100 pounds, but perfectly fine on 15 and 20-pound schoolies. At that's the, the definitely the all-around choice, and when the fish get picky. The little number 15 size, which is the FTH 15 LD2. If you're using 20, 25, and 30 pound top shots, fly lining small baits, oh my God, what if anchovies come back and they're the bait of, of choice for the next 10 years, which is very possible? That's going to be the reel you want. And they're all under 300 bucks. Unbelievable value at those, at those prices. And a couple of the rods to go along with that because I know they. Uh Penn has uh, introduced that new Carnage Rod, which is just super, and then also you have the Rampage. Yeah, oh, I love the, the Carnage 2 rods. Probably are not going to be in the stores for about another three weeks, but when you see those Carnage 2 series rods, which is really, you know, next is really the 2016 models just coming out a little early. Uh, I don't know if you've seen them, but you are going to love them. 
Wow, that's great. Well, Steve, I can't thank you enough. I know there's a jillion other things we could be talking to you tonight, but, you know, I appreciate you helping us out because it seems like bait, at least for this Labor Day weekend and maybe even tomorrow, is going to be a problem. And you've really given us some great hints on what to use when uh, we get in that pinch. Cool. Well, I'm, I'll look forward to the next time we're on the air. All right. And, again, if people want to get in contact with you or find out more about what you're doing, how's the best way to do it? Uh, they can email me at scarson at sunset.net. But, really, like I say, you can uh, right there on, the, on the, the Penn Facebook page, just post up your questions right there. And, and I'll answer them. I won't always answer, you know, within two hours. I'm old, so I don't respond to the people that say, yeah, how come you didn't respond to my text in five minutes? But, but I will respond. Well, not only that, and if you want to find out uh, why Steve thinks 1983 was just as good as 2015, that's the way to get a hold of him and, and get his feelings for him. <laughs> Hey, Steve, safe traveling. You uh, tell our friends at the Bass Pro Shop up in Sacramento that we sent our regards, and we look forward to having you again maybe later on in the season so we can uh, adjust to what the fishing conditions are at that time, and you can help us out. Looking forward to it. All right. Hey, uh, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. He's going to be up with a Southern California fishing report. A lot of Ron Real Radio still left. You're listening to us on AM540 or at ronreelradio.com. If you missed any of this show or any of the past shows, just go to ronreelradio.com, hit the archive page, and you can go down. and It's indexed by all the guests that we've had on particular evenings. You can go right down to that evening that you're interested in listening to a particular guest, and voila, we're right there. Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but we'll be right back after these messages. Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics, McCoy line, Spro products, Gamakatsu hooks, G. Loomis fishing rods, Shimano products, Ovid reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal tackle store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top-angler tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. All Iserline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Iserline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their product. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. My Angler H2 Earth. 
Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pool and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. Hey, Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So is Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report with a fish icon himself, Captain James Nelson. Captain James, a good Sunday evening to you. And how was your past week of fishing here off our local San Diego waters? Well, great Sunday evening to you, Johnny Boy. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's been great. What can I say? It's been a really, uh, really good week. I'm glad to be off the water during the holiday weekend. I, I try not to get around all the mayhem, so it's been fun. It was a wild wild ride there for the last 15 days in a row, working nonstop and then having having three and four days off. It's like, whew, cool. Me on. Hey, Stan, it's Wendy. Are you there? I yeah, you. I am. Uh, I think we just lost um, Don and... Hey, Stan, are you there? Hello, Stan. Hello. Hello there. Who's this, James? Captain James Nelson. Hello, Captain James Nelson. It's Wendy, and I think we might still be on the air. I think we just lost Stan and John. Well, hey. <laughs> <laughs> so how's fishing out there, and what's up with Captain James Nelson? Uh, you know, it's been great. It's it's been a, a good a good mix of all the kelp critters you could imagine, everything from the bass to barracuda, bonita, and of course our beloved yellowtail. Now you, I just heard. I think I heard. I wasn't sure, but you had a couple of days off. Yes, I did, Wendy. I, I try not to work Fourth of July weekend, and I try not to work Labor Day weekend. And being a boater yourself, I think you know why. Oh, I definitely know why. Did you at least sit at the launch ramp and watch the Follies? <laughs> yeah, that's always fun to do, but, you know, I don't know if I could charge customers for that. <laughs> so, you know, um, there's all these fish that are out there that you've been catching. I see all your posts out there and everything. And um, uh, now that it's Labor Day and the season's going to be winding down, and I know you 
you're, you're pretty much booked. What do you have planned? Are, are you planning on going outside? Are you planning on staying in the bay? Well, the fish don't leave as much as the tourists do. So right. uh, actually, I think from here into the end of October, our inshore and offshore bite is still going to be just as good, if not better. Oh, heck yeah, it's going to be better. I mean, if you look at the counts the last few days, it's amazing. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, and we're we're experiencing things, you know, like Dorado coming into harbors, and we're experiencing uh, a lot of hammerhead sharks along the kelp edges and just, just neat things like that that we, you know, this is, it's, summer's not over here in San Diego, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it's not over as um, as far as the fishing goes. The weather's beautiful, and um, it's just going to get better in the next few weeks. So, um, you know, for those of you who have never booked a trip on, on your boat, um, uh, the Fish Icon, how can somebody get a hold of you? Well, all they've got to do is uh, go online at thefishicon.com. They can go to rodandreelradio.com. There's also a link there. Or give me a call, 619-395-0799. I think I just heard someone click in. Stan or John, are you there? Oh, I guess I'm wrong. I guess we're going to have to keep talking, John. I mean, James. <laughs> well, let, let's talk about them. <laughs> All right. Hey, you off the air for a little bit. James, are you still there? <laughs> it's funny, John. Suddenly you came back in right when we decided to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, you John, we were just, we were chatting while you guys were gone. We were chatting and uh, talked about um, the fishing um, locally. Now that it's after Labor Day, what were her, what what were his plans? And so we've been talking about that. Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? I guess he can't hear us, James. I, I got. I can hear you now. I don't know what happened to James. I'm nothing from the studio. Are you make the radio? <laughs> this is live radio, so this is just fun, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so, Stan, we've got James, you and I, on the radio right now, I'm assuming, and John is lost in the box. Well, so, I heard John, but, you know, this is the, it, it happens with live radio to get lost in the box. But so, now, where were we with James? We were out there fishing in the bay, and fishing's been really good in the bay and just outside the bay. And I don't know where you've been running lately, so, you know, <laughs> we haven't had any Wahoo inside the bay, but they've been at SBI out there. <clears throat> Oh, yeah? Yeah. How, how many wahoo have been caught? Well, I mean, lately we've had, they've been around. I had a guy down and was trolling in uh, off Ensenada, got one on a Rapala, got lucky. Last week we were talking about that at SBI with Santa Barbara Island, outside Santa Barbara Island. The guys were trolling for, for uh, marlin and got a, a wahoo on a marlin bait. So the fact that they're just around is pretty amazing, but... <laughs> But I'm waiting for James to catch one while he's fishing in the bay. <laughs> James, are you still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. The Wahoo aren't quite yet, but I'm here. Uh, yeah. Hey, you know, James, I got a question for you. When you guys, when you go out there and you go outside the bay and you're fishing, do you mainly use bait, or do you also bring? Uh, what are your favorite lures that you like to use? Like, let's say for the tuna and the yellowtail. Yeah, that's a great question, uh, Wendy, because, you know, when it comes to our, our base situation right now, uh, the, the demand is just so much higher than the supply. And, and the guys down there at the bait companies, are, well, actually all up and down the coast, but here in San Diego we have our main company is the Everham Brothers. 
these guys are working, you know, nonstop. All the guys working for them are just working nonstop to bring in some bait for us, you know, and they're trying to get the more quality bait, not just bringing in what we call beach bait, you know, the little pompanos and stuff, but they're trying their best to get the best sardines, uh, best anchovies and mackerel that they can. And, you know, and yet there's still, there's so many people going out so many days a week. You know, even on a weekday, it looks like a weekend out there right now. Guys are just, they're not going to work Monday through Friday like normal. Until <laughs> the fever has set in. And, yes. you know, these guys, are, they're, they're running low on bait sometimes. Sometimes you go out there, even on a weekday, and you're in line to get bait, and you hear the, the call over the radio, you know, that they're out of bait. And that's so when you go back to old basics. Well, as you know, you know, I, I keep my leftover sardines. A lot of guys like throwing them out at the end of the day. That's fine. I've got a freezer. I'm, I'm doing this full time. I use cut sardines whether we're in the bay or even offshore. I use them as chum. I use them as bait. I, however, so I'm usually now coming prepared with a, a, a good-sized bag of frozen sardines. We're going to use those to either attract our own bait, catch our own mackerel, or we're going to use that to go out and, and catch fish on cut bait. The fish will bite cut bait, and they also, of course, bite good old-fashioned traditional surface irons. You know, as, as you know, Wendy, there's there's some guys that that's all they'll throw. They they don't care if they've got you know a barrel full of bait behind them. They're going to throw surface irons. <laughs> well, if we get back to some of those basics, and we start throwing surface irons, I like the the new Phoenix ones. They got that nice fancy imprint logo on them. You know, the look to them. I mean, I, I could either get mackerel, I could get squid, I could get sardine, or Good old irons. I got some of my favorite irons don't even have paint on them anymore at all. Just get get back in the basics of throwing surface irons. Learn to get that rhythm, get that sachet down, and these fish will respond to that. Mega baits are good. Swim baits are good. Again, you know, I like those Phoenix heads. And John, I tell you, Sexy Smelt is one of my favorite that Western Plastics makes. Throw that out there. You'll, you'll get bit. You'll get fish. You don't have to have bait. It does make it easier, and it is nice that we don't have to catch it. Most states around the country, if you want bait, you got to go get it. Here, we, we do have the drive-through option with Everingham Brothers, and when everything's working fine, no, nobody even notices how wonderful it is. But as soon as they run out of bait, boy, you start hearing the words. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure guys are appreciating Everingham Brothers Bait Company. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, Everingham Brothers Bait Company is the, the talk of the world when it comes to envy. Um, this resource that we have here in San Diego that makes it the world-class fishery that it is. And guys, sorry I was gone for a little bit. I guess I had to take a little hiatus, but uh, <laughs> well, that's all right. You know, we got the, the yak in here. He was just talking about how much you know pressure the bait barges and I mean the bait people have had because. I, I mean, that, there's guys that are going out that have never, that just got back into fishing. Well, like Matt Newman, he used to fish the ocean quite a bit, started I-Rods, and, and he's been fishing the bass stuff and just really vehement on getting his rod thing going. But went out one time, got a couple bluefin, ended up going out and buying a 15-footer just to go out to, to chase these things. And then he's just upgraded to a new 17-footer. That's two in about three months that he's bought two boats. Sean Bailey came out from Arizona to go fishing with him, and he went back, bought a boat, and came all the way back yes. out here. And he's been fishing the bluefin too. So, but I mean, or the yellowfin and whatever is offshore. But but the, yes. the pressure we've had is amazing from all the private boaters. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, uh, 
Captain James, uh, uh, when you're fishing along the kelp line, are you right at the edge of the kelp, or are you fishing somewhat off from the kelp line to try and catch some of these fish, especially when using artificials? You know, that's a great question, John, and it really depends on what we're after, if, especially if we're using uh, swim baits. You know, we've got that little weedless head on there. We're throwing right up against the edge of the kelp if we're looking for bass. That's another great way to get barracuda. But if we want to get uh, the bonita and the yellowtail, we'll usually pull off and fish the right as it drops down. And you'll see on your graph, you'll see the, the kelp leaves disappear if it's bright enough. The water's usually clean enough. You can see the kelp leaves disappear and kind of fade into fade into darkness. Well, there's still kelp down there. That's what we we know as bull kelp, and that's that really thick stuff. And that will hold at this time of year. Hold a lot of the uh, a bigger type bait schools like your bigger mackerel. And when they get stirred up, the yellowtail gets stirred up. And when all of that gets stirred up, of course, now we got bonita coming into the picture. You know, and it's just it's just a wonderful thing to pull out a little bit from the kelp, depending on what you're after. You can catch yellowtail in right into the kelp, but it's a dangerous situation because you know the first place they're going to go when they get a hook in their lip. All right. Well, Captain James, we appreciate the great report and for calling us over this Labor Day weekend. If we want to check out what your schedule is or book a trip with you, how's the best way to go about doing it? Well, you can always reach me online at thefishicon.com. Captain James, thanks a lot for being with us and giving up some of your Sunday night. We look forward to not only speaking to you during the week, but talking to you next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Great. Thank you, guys, and I'll talk to you next Sunday. All right. All right. Hey, uh, uh, Stan, you were talking about a special little bait that you were fooling around with. Kind of got my curiosity up. We got a few minutes before we bring on Billy Chapman. Uh, what were you doing, sir? Well, you know, I was throwing, it was just a bait that I'd found, and they don't make it anymore. I had to go search for another manufacturer. It, it was a tube bait, um, you know, with actually some wings on the side. And uh, Lunker, use, Lunker Lure used to make them, but they don't anymore. I don't even know what they're called. You know, there was a bait that Jerry Hansen used to make. It was called the Scarecraw, and it had, like, two arms that were shredded on one side, and it had uh, a little shredding on the back, like a traditional tail and a bulbous head. Was it something like that? It was kind of like that. It was. Uh, I wish I could tell you the name, but I looked high and low. For, for the name of the thing, I couldn't find it. I just found that Lunker Lure used to make them uh, way way back when, and uh, they don't make them anymore. I've ha- I found somebody that uh, online that says that they can produce that same kind of a, a larger tube bait uh, with the, these wings on the side type of thing, um, only because I was just swimming it around down because I I found it in the garage. I put it on, went up there, and the fish just ate the tar out of the thing. I don't know. It was one of those baits that, okay, I got one, so I'll save it and see what I can find if I can get another one. But uh, it was a working little bait. The, the, the bass fishing right now, because of the heat, a lot, I mean, if you've got the lakes where, uh, at least our lakes, a lot of them just are just packed with with the shad and small bass and you know baby bluegill 
the the this year has been if if the lakes are like our lakes up here, I don't know what happened in San Diego, but there is so much bait in the water. The fish are having trouble trying to figure out what to eat. Yeah, when you get into areas where you don't see the shad and there and everything, you've got a weed line, whatever it is, you've got to change up and get go a little deeper if there's something more crawdaddy. And that's really what I was trying to do, but it worked. Well, we've got a lot of small bait in the water here at Otai and then also at El Cap. There is some bait in the water, and they're busting over there. Uh, Jim Slight ran a night tournament last Saturday night. Uh, uh, it took three fish, 21 pounds to win that event. And then right now the hottest bait going is by Savage Gear. It's called the Clone Fry. Guys are drop shot fishing it. They're fishing it on a little jig head. And here's a little secret. If you're fishing in the bays and you're fishing for halibut, drop shotting that Clone Fry, I tell you, it catches whiskey, women, and fish. It is an absolutely <laughs> Fantastic really? lure, yeah. I'm going to have to look up. I don't know what a clone, what, what do you call it again? It's a clone fry. It's made by Savage Gear. They're distributed by Shimano. And trying to keep them in stock is almost ridiculous. One of the best colors is called the Silver Shad. And and i got to tell you, Stan, you look at that, and you cannot tell it from a regular bait fish. Hey, guys, wow. we got to take a break right now. Coming up next, man. Have you thought about fishing Mexico or maybe going down to the Amazon or fishing some of the great lakes up in northern Canada, but you don't know how to get there, you don't know who to stay with, you're not sure about how safe it is, we've got the guy you want to speak with. It's Billy Chapman from Angler's Inn. He's going to be with us and tell us about his operations in Mexico, Canada, and the Amazon. Stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and I, We'll be back right after these commercial messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect, finally a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at 
www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and to secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. My Angler H2O. I will never use that fakey fluorescent pink bait or drag my hula popper through the mud. I will outmaneuver drought-exposed stumps, rocks, and submerged station wagons. And outsmart the ravenous river otter. I will save water by taking shorter showers for higher lakes. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. Quantum Fishing's got something for everybody. From the smallest angler to the oldest veteran, we can get you out there fishing with the greatest reels on the market today. From the all-new for 2016 Icon PT to the Tour Mag to the brand-new redesigned Smoke Reel, we've got something for everyone in your family. Have some fun. Take a kid fishing. They're the future of our sport. Quantum, we are performance-tuned. You can get your quantum products at anglersarsenal.com or anglersarsenal in the Mesa at 619-466-8355. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So's Wendy Toshihara. But here's my question to you right now. Is going down and fishing one of these exotic lakes down in Mexico or maybe the Amazon on your bucket list? Have you thought about maybe going up to Canada and going for some of those great walleye or smallmouth or pike or muskies or whatever it is, but you don't know where to go, you don't know who to talk to? How can you get down there to be safe? you got all these questions. Well, we've got the answer all in one place, and he's with us right now. We've got with us Billy Chapman Jr. from Anglers Inn, and Billy, welcome to Rod and Reel Radio. Well, thank you, thank you, John. It's glad to be on. Thanks for having me. Well, it is great having you on tonight, Billy. And and man, I don't know where to start because you probably have the dream job of ninety percent of the people that are listening out here. You run inns down out of Mexico, out of the Amazon, and out of Canada in places where the fishing is probably second to none. I know you make it look easy, and it isn't, but, boy, it is the one-stop destination to go if you're looking to fish those locations. Well, well, John, I, I, I am blessed, but, I mean, I have a job that I live in three countries travel alike. I just got back from Canada. And we're wrapping up our, our season in Canada right now. We only have another about three weeks, but uh, spent most of the summer up there. And we had great fishing for the smallies. We were averaging anywhere from 50 to 100 smallies a day. If you wanted to fish for smallmouth all day, you could hit 100 in the 2 to 5-pound range. Uh, we caught a lot of northerns and over 40 inches. Uh, we're really looking forward to putting out our fishing report on Canada Uh John, basically, we got a lot of big fish caught. Our biggest muskie was 52. Holy and, uh, cow! We made history, John. <laughs> basically, I'll tell you a funny story. Uh, our guides have never seen a, Well, we had a pastor up, you know, fishing with us, and he came in and he says, Bill, I'm praying for a 55-inch muskie. <laughs> and I said, Scott, 
can we make that 50 inches? I mean, you might be setting your bar a little high. You know, we, <laughs> we catch 50s and some 52s, but 55 is really getting up there. And, but, you know, he said, I'm going to pray for that. But so every day he prayed for it, and he had five shots. He lost five big fish. So the last day, John, his last outing, last day, they're fishing for smallies, and we had some new prototype Berkeley baits that were just kicking butt up there, a hard bait, believe it or not that are going to be coming out very shortly, but they really produce for us. And all of a sudden, they get this, they got this big fish on, and they get it to the boat, and, and our guy says, what is that? What is that? And believe it or not, it was a largemouth bass. And our really? guys had never even seen one before, John. So uh, <laughs> they, you basically, we, we, we discovered that we have largemouth in Ontario, up where as far as we are up there, we didn't even know we had them there. Oh, so, darn, uh, darn those yeah. invasive species, huh? <laughs> right, right. So Scott comes in, I said, you know, God works in funny ways. Uh, Scott, I said, you've been praying for that 55-inch muskie all week, but, you know, he realized you couldn't catch it. You had five on. So he just blessed you with a, with a bucket mouth bass. <laughs> you made history. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> you know, Billy, he must uh, depend on divine intervention because every time I ask, the answer is no. <laughs> so. Right, right. But you're not holding your mouth you right, I don't think. Billy, Billy this is Dan. Let's go back to how you got to started because I remember – you know, way back when going down to Obregon and Ovia and the places down before all of the popular lakes got going, but you had been going way back when. When did you get started and how did this, you know, where did you start and then grow from there? Well, we basically started in the 70s, John, on Lake Dominguez, yep. Lake Adago. I was working with my father, and then in the 80s, 1980, I went to Brazil and Venezuela and started the Peacock Bass. So I lived in the jungle from 1980 to 1990, and that was the beginning of my Amazon safari uh, for peacock bass. Nobody was doing it back then, and I was just trying to make a living, to be honest with you, and I was so intrigued by the Amazon. I said, boy, I'd love to be an Amazon guide. So I, I was fortunate enough to have some family down there, a cousin, and we just jumped into it and met some people and met the locals and went down with photos of what fish I was looking for. And believe it or not, when you show the locals and the indigenous people down there a photo of a peacock, they can take you right to it, or a catfish, or the red red tail catfish, whatever you wanted to target. They knew where they lived. So all through the 80s, I was basically in South America. And then in uh, we opened up Lake Bacharach which was a huge success. It was the first time black bass have ever been stopped that far south, and they just exploded. And so all through the 90s, Bacharach, and even in the 80s, Bacharach was going. And we've been on, well, seven different lakes in Mexico, from Wheaties to Comadero to Alamilpa. El Salto's been the best to me. We've been fishing El Salto for over 28 years, never shut the doors once. I ventured off to other lakes, but kept that one open when Wheaties opened. Now we have a brand-new lake called Lake Bicachos. So over uh, almost 40 years, I've built it into six destinations. We have six locations, uh, three in Brazil, two in Mexico for black bass, and now we're in Canada as well. So we're covering a, a wide variety of species. We have a gr- great client base. It didn't happen overnight. 
uh, cream the crop fishes with me. Bassmaster has been down many times with me, field and stream, outdoor life. Uh, Fortune Magazine is going to the Amazon with us this coming season. And uh, December, we're bringing down a wave of uh, writers to show them our new peacock. We have everything from peacock from houseboat to lodge to the mother to the, the water train, which is a very unique concept. If they go to anglersin.com, you can, it's hard to relate to until you actually see it. They're floating cabins that we pull through the jungle and we break them down every night and we're on a new beach. So it's, uh, pretty, I'm hopping around. It's, I'm pretty busy. You know, it's, uh, I love, I still love it. I'm 59 years old and I'm going strong and, uh, don't, don't see the end of it yet. Uh, do have one more destination coming up very shortly, which is Idaho. Uh, we'll be telling you about that soon. Uh, but, uh, it's all been good to me. It's been a good life. It is a lot of work being an outfitter. Uh, we, uh, we just had, if, if the listeners would go to the Ford Outfitters, Ford Outfitters has a show on the Sportsman's Channel. They were down at El Salto in June and did a tremendous job, John. Just their production was outstanding. They had drones, and they would hover at 500 feet above your head, and you hook a fish, and it would come down and hover right in, at eye level with you, and then take back off. If, if they'd like to see some of that footage, they can go to the Ford Outfitters and click on uh, Mexico, and they'll see what, what we got in the can there. And uh, But it's just been good. Coming off some great seasons. Uh, we're looking to have another great season. Our South will finish really strong. If they go to anglersin.tv, anglersin.tv will show them all the action that we had May, June, and July, or they can click on any given month and, and see uh, what we caught them on, technique, best baits, the true numbers coming from the customer, uh, what, what they were averaging a day. And that's what we like people to check out is uh, really seeing it. It depends on what how you want to catch the fish, even in Canada. You know, if you want to target the smallies, you know, it's, it's usually earlier June, June and July. The muskies is coming up. The good muskie season, you want to be there in September and October. So we really need to talk to the clients first and figure out who who's going with them, what level of angler are they, and uh, how deep do they want to fish. Billy, let's go uh, uh, back to the Mexican operation. A lot of us have been at El Salto. Anglers in there is known for not only the great fishing, but also the accommodations and the the service that you give the fishermen. And now you've opened up uh, this operation at Lake Picachos. It's a little bit different operation than El Salto, but... I had the opportunity to be down there in uh, in the beginning of March, and I got to tell you, it intrigues me a lot. I've got to go back there. Tell us uh, about some of the differences between uh, El Salto and Lake Picacho. The main difference, John, would be the guides. Uh, Picacho's is completely different apple than any other lake that's ever been opened up in Mexico. Actually, the people, the locals that had to... Uh, move out of the lake and relocate and they, the government built new homes and villages for the people that had to relocate where they have their, all the rights to the lake. So we had a partner. It's kind of like partnering with a reservation. And uh, so everybody's under training there. The main difference is the numbers at Picasso's are just phenomenal. 
we're actually going to have a tournament and set the all-time record on how many bass you could catch in a 24-hour period. That's coming up. Just taking uh, four teams and fishing 24 hours straight through and set the all-time record. That's that's what's going to happen there. But they're all between a pound and a half and eight pounds. It's not a big fish lake yet, but it's only 50 minutes from the Mazalon Airport, which is very really easy. 50 minutes. It's uh Wow. You land and you're in a boat in 55 minutes fishing. So very convenient. It's got a great future, but the guides have a lot to learn. And anybody that books with us, we're going to tell you that up front. It's not like El Salto where the guides have 25, 28 years on that body of water. These guys, they know how to drive a boat, but the good thing is the fish are so stupid there, John, they don't know what a gringo looks like. <laughs> so oh, you know what the good favor. thing the other good thing is these guys are going to grow as that fishing grows there. You know, as the fish move around, they'll learn just purely by the numbers of people that are coming and going and coming and going out of there. They'll learn where the fish go, what they like, and what to throw. It, it's We used to go down, gosh, in the early 70s, we'd go down, to, like I said, Novia and Obregana and the lakes down there before uh, Wetes and, you know, Baccarat and all the rest of the lakes you guys opened up. But it was always an adventure to figure out what they wanted. And, you know, once you figured out what they wanted or how they wanted it, it was just Katie barred the door. The next year you brought a bunch of that stuff down, and that, it's a learning experience. Although you guys have a lot of knowledge already to share with, you know, how that those, you know, the fish in the Mexican lakes, uh, they all pretty much fish the same, and they like it moving most of the time. They do, John, and they all do fish the same pretty much. I mean, it comes down to five or six baits, and it's very consistent year after year. And everybody tries to bring a bunch of new stuff down, and it's usually right back to what we've been catching them on for the past several years. Yeah, Picasso's, I don't see it any different. The amount of structure, though, in Lake Picasso's is uh, you got to fish a wood braid. You're going to lose a lot of fish due to the amount of structure underneath there. That You know, in Mexico, they never clear it or clean it. They just flood it. And uh, that's what makes it great, though. I mean, you know, it's just, believe it or not, Picasso's already has a lake record of 12 pounds. Wow. Wow. And, he, and that's in six and a half years, John, of, of uh, from the time the fry will put in. But that's what a new lake does. It's a pound and three quarters, two pounds a year, and it's just a phenomenal growth rate because everything's right. You know, and the tilapia, they're taking tonnage of tilapia. There is commercial fishing. Every Every lake in Mexico has commercial fishing. Some promoters say that certain lakes don't, but just don't believe it because uh, you have to take those tilapia out. They grow big bass, but once they get over four inches wide, they actually compete with the bass and eat the fry of the bass and the eggs. So it's just a nice combination. Uh, you guys have the jet skis and the wave runners and 2,000 boats on your, on your lake, and we have nets that don't really hurt us like people think they do, or El Salto wouldn't be you know, a fishery that's survived 28 years. And today, John, this is a strong statement, but if the clients were to go to anglersin.tv and go back all the way back to last October and watch October, November, all the way through July fishing reports, I'll put El Salto against any lake in the world today for a fish ranging from 7.5 pounds to 13 pounds. Wow. Our big, our big fish are 9, 10, 11, and then... I mean, we see those on a daily basis, from well, Bill, 7 to 11. 
Billy, I, I really enjoyed fishing Picacho because, if I'm not mistaken, we fished it at pretty close to full pool, and it was like 22,000 surface acre feet, and it is submer- and it, it is just inundated tropical jungle. So try to figure out what to use. It's got to be really sensational, and, and it was just so much fun fishing there. And we're looking forward to bringing a group of guys to fish back with you in the middle of November and to give Picacho another uh, another bang. What what kind of water level are we going to be looking at at Lake Picacho? You're going to be looking at it full, John, because <laughs> we're, we're right in the heart of our rainy season, and it's pretty typical. All your West Coast, Backrack, Wheaties, Picachos, El Salto, they're at their highest point. They're actually be going over the spillway because... Osalto had high water when we closed the season, going into the rainy season, and so was Picasso's. So we're going to have a full pool and top water, Katie Bar the Doors. That's when you, your best fishing for top water is always opening day, October 1st through December. So anybody that want to catch them on top, that's the time to go because those bass are shallow. They're up tight. They got that tilapia tight up against the bank. They got a pinned on the bank and they got the shad pinned on the bank because everything explodes over the summer months. You know, that lake comes up, lakes come up 30, 40, 50 feet in a 60 to 70 day period. So everything gets flooded again. Wow. And that's, hey. that, that, that's what's giving us the best topwater fishing that time of year. Billy, we got to take a break right now. Any way we can get you to stay on for another segment with us? You betcha, John. Hey, um, we got... Um, I'll be hanging. We've got Billy Chapman from Anglers Inn out of Mexico, out of the Amazon, out of Canada, and soon to be out of Idaho. Hey, you're listening to Rod Real Radio on AM 540. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back right after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fishing Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? 
Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419. Or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief now that the tuna season is upon us. It's here and it's time to go on the Chief. For those that are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private group charters. The Chief's onboard anemones include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity, we have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to H&M Landing at www.hmlanding.com or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook. Facebook and at our webpage at chiefsportfishing.com. Hi, this is Hopalong, and I've just heard about a great new product for you boat owners that eliminates the need for flares. That's right, you never buy flares again. It's called the Sirius Signal Light. This is an SOS light that meets the Coast Guard requirements for night visual distress signals. And when you combine it with an emergency flag, meets all your needs for emergency signals. This high-intensity light shines for over six hours and is visible for up to 10 miles. The Sirius signal light features a simple on-off switch, and it even floats in the signaling position. Now, you're going to really like this. All you have to do is replace three C-cell batteries after they have gone out. That's right. What the heck is easier than that? You don't have to worry about disposal of flares. So never buy flares again. Get the Sirius Signal Light at SiriusSignal.com or contact Robert Simons at the Vice President for Sales at Sirius Light at 619-743-3095. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I, we've got our special guest tonight, Billy Chapman Jr. from Angler's Inn. And, and Billy, you know, Mexico, you've had so many visitors down there over the years. But let's talk a little bit about the Amazon operation. And I know for the past few years, you've been suffering from high water levels. What What's the difference between high water and low water and the fishing when you're fishing the Amazon? A world of difference. Uh, high water, you can actually tell from seven, 8,000 feet by looking down over the jungle. And if you don't see any sandbars, you better tell the pilot just to turn around and go home. <laughs> but, that, but that won't happen fishing with us because we, you know, we have boots on the ground there. And prior to a high water situation, we would always notify the customer and reschedule which does happen. If, if you're going to ever plan to go to the Amazon, make sure you book with somebody that's going to give you the heads up and uh, let you know if the, you know, the water could come up in four to five days. And once it breaches the bank, 
just like you would reach any bank. All those fish are going to go up into that vegetation and not actually be in the river, and you can't get a bait trawl. But uh, we have a unique situation with our water train, which is a, a new concept of lodging that we pull around uh, floating cabins on pontoons, and we fish the, the headwater so we can get away from that high water by just going up. And uh, so that's a big, that's an end remote. You know, our train can go beyond natural barriers. They can, they can go over the sandbars, and you can run for anywhere from 50 to 200 miles up upstream and eventually get to shallow water so that's a big plus but where if it was a boat operation or a fixed lodge operation you really can't get away from it because the bigger motherships can't get up into the tributaries where the train goes so they all have their advantages and disadvantages uh the bigger water sometimes produces bigger fish but the the smaller tributaries will produce more fish and you're not going to see anybody where, where the train goes. There's no villages. There's no people. There's no commercial fishing. So uh, that's a, there's three choices when you go to Brazil. And a fixed lodge, you know, pretty much a lot of times the waters are beat up because the same boats are fishing the same waters day in and day out. The mothership has a lot of flexibility because you can move it around. And run, you know, run at night while the customers are sleeping and wake up in new waters and maybe get up into a new tributary a good, you know, five or six miles, but then it's going to start to get shallow. That's where the train comes in. So they all have their price mark. They're all priced differently for that reason. And uh, the train can only accommodate eight anglers, where the mothership, we can have 20 guys on board with smaller quarters. But, you know, we do catch world records off the motherships as well. So we're fixing to open up the season. We're going into season. Uh, my my big group going in is Fortune Magazine's going down, Field and Stream, Outdoor Life Magazine, Bassmaster. Bassmaster's been down with me three times already. Uh, they'd like to read the articles. Where we can send them. If they go to, to our site, we can... Uh, request all the information on the articles, TV shows that have been shot. It's all there on anglersin.tv. And we welcome the customers to go there to really get a good feel of what to expect. Because we actually sh uh, shoot it from the customer on a weekly basis on numbers, catch, technique, everything's there. They give a real honest report. That's the way I think it should be done. So my heart's in the Amazons. I've been doing the Amazons for over 30 plus years. And uh, I just, it's my favorite fishery in the whole world. It kind of spoils you. If you can afford to go back, you will, John. <laughs> you know, once you get hooked, you're hooked, and you become an Amazon angler. Uh, so it's pretty exciting fishery. Uh, well, the power of the peacock, the size of the fish is awesome. Relieve for us some of the anxiety of getting to you. I mean, uh, you're talking about fishing up in the Guiara Negro or one of the tributaries of the Amazon River. Billy, there are people that have gone there that have never come back. <laughs> how, do, how, how do we get there, and how do you accommodate the traveler? It's pretty easy. It's not as hard as it, it may sound, John. You know, my groups meet in Miami. So everybody, 8 to 20 guys, will meet in Miami on the same day, same hour. You get on an American Airlines flight, you fly six and a half hours to Manaus. Manaus is the capital of the Amazon in Brazil. 
Uh, it's a city of two million people. So you fly into Manaus, and this is hard to believe, but you're going to fly in and not see one road going into a jungle city of two million people. I don't know how big San Diego is, but this picture, a town, of two, uh, a city of two million with no roads going into it. Everything is brought in by boat. And then from there, we spend the night. So it's a six-and-a-half-hour flight there. You wake up in the morning, we put you on a float plane charter, and you're going to fly about an hour and a half over the jungle, and that lands right at the lodge, either at the lodge or at the train. And then you fish six and a half days. The float plane comes back. It circles over our head. We pack you guys up, put you on that plane, and you're back in Manaus. You can spend your last night in Manaus, and then you're back in Miami, and you're back home. It's really a nine-day, seven days in the jungle, a nine- to ten-day trip. You need really ten days to do it right. All right. And, uh, uh you know, obviously, what part of the program do you do you put together? I mean, is it turnkey from the time they uh, they meet the float plane in Manaus to the time you bring them back, or what can you, what kind of uh, you know accommodations can you help with? Well, we're, we're turnkey across the border in all all lodges and all locations. We're, we're there when you land in Manaus or Mexico or Canada. And then from there, the package begins. You're either your float plane or your ground transportation to and from. Uh, we check you into the hotels. That's included. Everything is turnkey. The rods are waiting for you at the lodges. We do have, we're sponsored by Abu Garcia. They've been a great sponsor. That way the customer don't have to travel with the rods. If he doesn't want to, he's welcome to bring his own. But rods are at all locations, you just kind of bring your reels. We do have tackle packages to make it hassle-free. There's no sense of overspending and bringing a bunch of stuff to Brazil or Mexico or Canada that doesn't work, and you don't need it. So we do have tackle packages available shipped right to your door. Even the Amazon, we have a, a bag called uh, Amazon Tough Bag, but that has 30 items in it. There are a lot of nickel and dime items in that bag. The little first aid kits, the lip lock, sunblock, the proper fishing gloves, the proper hat, the proper shirt to keep the sun off your neck. Uh, just little items that will assure you that, you know, you're not going to get in trouble. You know, we have Gatorade packages in there and just a lot of cool little stuff. So all you have to basically do is show up in Miami and buy your airline ticket and get yourself booked in, and we handle it all from there if you want it. You know, Billy. And then, I, Billy, I see your operation in Canada. The lodge is actually located on an island. How do we get to that? That's by boat. Uh, our customers fly into Winnipeg, and from there we meet you at the airport. And uh, you're looking at about a three-hour drive, three hours and 15-minute drive, and it's where the road ends. Basically, where the road ends in Ontario is called Manaki. Manaki is a quaint little, quaint little town, and then from there my boats come to pick you up in Manaki, and it's only about a 15 to 18 minute boat run to an island, which is is very unique. This this lodge was owned by a very large corporation for 98 years, and we just got it last year, and we're really proud of it because, you know, when you're on an island and you're out on the water, you have a lot less bugs. It will. I didn't see any mosquitoes. John, I just I just got back last week, and 
You know, on the mainland, you'll have mosquitoes, but when you're out on the water, and it's, it's groomed so well and it's so clean and prestige that, you know, you just don't have the bugs. So that makes it pretty nice, and you always have a breeze, and uh, that's also there. If they go to Angler's Inn, uh, TV, they can see their last fishing report on Canada. Okay, well, Billy Chapman, Jr. from Angler's Inn, the Amazon, Canada, Mexico, soon-to-be, Idaho. If we want to find out about each one of the individual inns, get your fishing reports, uh, maybe even have some contact with you, how's the best way to go about doing it, Billy? The best way would be to go to anglersin.com, and uh, I'll, I'll surely get back with you, but be sure to sign up for our fishing reports. That's what I'm asking all our clients to do, because that way we can keep you informed, video-based, articles that come out, TV show shows are coming on all the time on it. We'll notify you when you can watch a show that's that's coming up. Actually, we have one coming up. The Ford Outfitter show is coming up in this coming week. So just go to anglersin.com or call 1-800-GOT-A-FISH, and we'll answer all your questions. All right, man. I don't like wishing my life away, but we do look forward to visiting with you in November and being with you at El Salto, and you know, hopefully we can get the group together and do Picacho, too. Billy, thanks for being with us tonight. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Billy Chapman, Jr. from Angler's Inn. Hey, Stan, Wendy, and I, we're going to take a break right now, but coming up next, Phil Friedman with What the Heck is Phil Thinking? We're going to get updated on what's happening off our Southern California coast on the saltwater side, but we got to take a break first. We'll be back right after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ring hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the Bass Boat Program. It is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASSBOAT. Call 1-800-227-7262 or just spell BASSBOAT. 1-800-BASSBOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASSBOAT, the choice of the pros for bass boat insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. My angler itched to earth. Like the mighty flounder, I will keep one eye on the pole and the other watching for rogue waves. I'll save water by taking shorter showers and enthusiastically celebrate talk like a pirate day. Aye. I will chat up the locals before launching in unfamiliar waters. And I will always, always wear my life jacket. 
What's your H2O? Tell us at BoatCalifornia.com. The California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways reminds you to wear it, California. It's tuna time, and it's time to reserve your spot on one of the newest boats in the fleet, the 70-foot Sea Adventure 2 at H&M Landing in San Diego. It has a really comfortable galley that seats up to 24 passengers with all the comforts of home, including two big satellite flat-screen TVs and satellite phone. The huge new bait tank and slammer ensure plenty of bait for everyone, and two four-ton refrigerated fish holds, both RSW and blast-free, have plenty of room to keep your catch as fresh as the minute you caught it. Reserve your spot on the Sea Adventure or two online at hmlanding.com or call H&M Landing at 619-222-1144. In Southern California, welcome back to Rod Real Radio. Well, Stan and Wendy, do you think it's time to scratch that itch and find out exactly what's happening off the Southern California coast? We, we can't wait any longer. We've got to get a report on what's doing. Are, are you ready for a great report? Let's all right. All Hey, it's now time for the voice of PFO Radio with what the heck is Phil thinking? And with us now is Phil Friedman. Phil, welcome to the show. John, with that buildup and you talking about this great report, do you want to hear it? I thought you had another guest and you were skipping over me. <laughs> what, did the fish leave, Phil? <laughs> oh my god there's no shortage of stuff to talk about john it's great to be with you and stan and wendy and everybody out there hope you're having a wonderful labor day weekend hey, phil it is great but you know i know there's all kinds of fishy things to report about but there was one really unique catch that you were right on top of and uh, you had the skinny on it do you think you can relate it on to our listeners yeah, well, hey, I'm coming to you live from Pierpoint Landing down here, uh, messing around with a bunch of the captains, getting all up to date. But you're referencing Joel Smith, a delightful guy that I interviewed last night, who went out about 25 miles from Point Loma here recently, and he shot a 413-pound blue marlin. John, I'll try to connote the story to you because it's simply amazing. And to listen to Joel, it just sends a shiver up your spine. But he was out and he took a friend and his father out and they had shot some yellowfin tuna and some dorado, some of the smaller fish that are around San Diego. And then he ended up on another kelp pad and he was on the perimeter kind of checking it out when he saw three or four yellowfin tuna small fish show up. Just like a Polaris missile, here comes this four 100-pound blue marlin up, headed right for these yellowfin tuna. When it throws the brakes on, does a 180-degree turn, and comes right at Joel, looks him straight in the eye. And Joel, for a moment, when I pressed him on it, said, yeah, he was scared. But he said it was as if the blue marlin were posturing. Where It was like he was saying, hey, look, buddy, you know, you see the yellowfin there? Those are mine. I'm the apex predator here, so back off. And so... Joel was watching all of this. The marlin all of a sudden made a turn and went completely broadside to him. And he made this decision, and he said, you know, under normal circumstances, he wouldn't think about trying to shoot a a beast this big. But he took the shot. The fish went limp. It went belly up and went to the surface. So he figured he had stoned it. And he went over, and he started to swim back with this marlin, dragging it and hoping that he could get back to the boat 
when all of a sudden this marlin woke up and it started to tow him. And instead of going toward the boat, he was going away from the boat. And he said the thought that went through his mind wasn't for his own safety or his own well-being. It was, darn, I'm going to lose this thing. So he was really, really into it. So all of a sudden the marlin stopped again. And he said, this is going to be my only hope. So he started to swim and trying to make his way over to the boat. He got near the boat, and his dad reached out with a gaff and got the shooting line and got that on board. And then it was a three-hour battle after that. The thing had come to life. It was as if they had knocked it out. They went back and forth, back and forth, until they finally got this magnificent 413-pound, beautiful blue marlin here in Southern California, it doesn't get much better than that. At one point, he said the fish, when it first came into the kelp, was lit up with these brilliantly fluorescent colors, John. He said colors that you couldn't really even identify. They were like from another world. And so it came to an end. He got the fish. He's a delightful guy. And, man, oh, man, what a story. Unbelievable stuff going on off our coast this year. Man, what a story that is, Phil. I mean, Listening to the way you told that story when he became eyeball to eyeball with that marlin, it, it reminded me of the old stories of the, the submariners during World War II when uh, uh, they would try to get a bow shot on a cruiser or a destroyer that was headed right towards them, and they'd shoot, and then they'd do an emergency dive. Man, that, that had to be, uh, I, I don't know, that guy's got some cojones. Oh, my God. And, you know, John, you're right. There had to be some kind of primal, you know, his hair stood up on the back of his neck when that thing turned. And he said it just did this 180 and came right at him, and it stopped and just sized him up, looked him over. And uh, that had to be a moment where he said it happened so fast he didn't have time to really get scared. So it was just one of those things that was really a unique occurrence. And, man, what what a great, great, great story. And, Joel seems like a delightful young guy, 31 years old, I believe. And he also pointed out to me that one of the best parts about this whole thing was being able to experience it with his father, being there with his dad. And, John, that is something that you and Wendy and Stan and I all point out all the time, how wonderful this sport is, how it brings families together. And I'll guarantee you those two guys will never, ever forget this one. That's about when he went in, his dad goes, you're nuts. <laughs> exactly. Until they took it over to Point Loma Seafood, and uh, the smoked fish will be out here pretty soon. At that point, I think I need to do a face-to-face interview with him. You, you know, hey, it would be wise. Hey, Phil, <laughs> we're going to try and put twenty pounds of mud into a five-pound sack over here. I know you got a lot to report, and we're we're running close to the end of the show. But what do you have that we need to know about? Well, let me, uh, what do I have, like three minutes, John? Oh, no, no, I think you got a whole six. <laughs> okay, perfect. i got plenty of time then. Well, let's talk, first of all, bait and talk about, during warm water years, the difficulty of getting bait. It is a problem up and down the coast right now. There's long lines here in Long Beach at the bait receiver. One day they'll have bait, some days they're short, and most people are solving that problem by bringing sabiki rigs and snagging bait. So keep that in mind. San Diego area, you make a left-hand turn, you're finding kelps with copious amounts of smaller yellowfin and smaller dorado, but there's some big ones mixed in, but the majority of it is that 5 to 12-pound yellowfin tuna like that. But it's like an aquarium. You look down in the water, and there's hundreds of fish swimming around. It's action-packed. It really is a lot of fun. Prowler with a big day today. Condor with a huge day yesterday. Some of these guys also over 
Port San Clemente Island today where they picked at the bigger grade yellow or bigger grade bluefin tuna. There's some really nice BFT over there. 30 to 50 pound fish. The Toronado, uh, he's coming in pretty quick here. He had a dozen last time I talked to him. The Condor was up that way. He had about 28 of those big bluefin tuna. Royal Polaris fishing around San Clemente Island today. Mm. And there's also some areas there at the island where the bigger yellows are really biting well, some of that 15 to 25 pound yellowtail at San Clemente Island. So that gives those guys somewhere to go if that bluefin does not want to bite. Local boats out of Newport uh, area, uh, Oceanside area, a little bit more hit and miss, a lot more skipjack. So influence of the warm water, John, has moved in there. But some of those guys at times have had excellent yellowfin tuna fishing. Other times they're just scratching at a little bit. Catalina, still wonderful fishing going on. Pursuits had great days at the 22nd Street Landing. Sport King today, almost 100 yellowtail. 70% of them were the bigger fish. He ran out of bait and ended up catching half of the 100 fish on frozen squid. That's how he solved that problem. So a frozen squid down on the bottom on a lead head, and that seemed to work. There is some yellows in the Santa Monica Bay. That is backed off a little bit. Channel Islands also with a little bit of yellowtails, some uh, calico bass, barracuda bonita, and outside of the Channel Islands, John, some marlin, and also some really good signal of Dorado, yellowfin tuna, and more. One free gaffed big Dorado there at Birth 55, Long Beach sport fishing, also here in the last couple of 24 hours. So a lot of crazy stuff going on. It's not over by a long run, and I'm loving this 2015 season. Wow. That's a lot. So where those the fish that are local here, the stuff that you're hearing from the uh, guys in 22nd Street and, and you know, Long Beach and <clears throat> up further north here, the grade of tuna is smaller, you were saying? No, actually that grade of tuna in Mexican waters is the smaller stuff up here. You do run into that, but a lot of this up here uh, is like, you know, like 15 to 20 pound stuff, Stan. It's okay. a little bit better grade up here for the most part. There is some pockets. <laughs> Of that smaller fish up uh, behind the west end of Catalina and toward the mackerel bank, there's pockets of that there, too. But most of the fish here are bigger. Most of the fish in Mexican waters are the smaller one. You know, uh, Good Phil, information. Phil, I was hearing uh, that there's still some bluefin to be had, and it sounds like some of the boats came in with some of those larger bluefin. And I understand those fish are between uh, uh, San Clemente Island and, and uh, Catalina Island. Uh, is that what you hear? Well, yeah, there is some fish there. Most of the guys, however, John, and they're going to kill me, but uh, most of them have been working east to west on the backside of San Clemente Island, working east to west there, and on that fathom curve, there's a 100, 200 fathom curve, and that's where they've been finding the vast majority of this bigger bluefin right now. There was a time also when it was on the Osborne Bank, solid, really biting well. That's near Santa Barbara Island. The water rolled out there, got kind of cool, cool for this year, down to a really chilly 68 degrees. But uh, maybe that will come back also. So it's been jumping around a little bit. It's been uh, pretty darn interesting. And that bluefin, as you mentioned, 30 to 50 pounds. There's been some 100 pounders mixed in with it. And they're staying outside, I guess, uh, to try and get into that cooler water. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, there's a little bit of a 65-degree water, like up uh, way outside the Channel Islands and definitely up there off Morro Bay. And Stan knows what that means. Who knows? That would be something if we ended up with some albacore mixed in on can, the outside. We may be running late, late in the late part of the season to the San Juan, you know, up to the bank, I mean, up to the the amount up there <clears throat> to catch 
albacore and then come back and catch your bluefin and your <laughs> your yellowtail down below here. That would be wild. Go to the yeah, and it, would, first, it and then definitely home. wouldn't shock me given how crazy this year has been already. You know, and uh, Phil, you reported that Buzz Biz indeed reported to you that he had a close encounter of a toothy kind. Yeah, he did. Uh, talking about skins, uh, Wahoo, yep. Buzz was watching a couple of Wahoo a few days ago, buzzing around the prowler, circling the prowler, jamming all around, trying to eat skipjack to the delight of several people who got to witness this. So there's some Wahoo that had pushed up there, uh, you know, really close to Point Loma. We've already had one caught above Santa Barbara Island, so more and more Wahoo starting to push into the picture. But what a sight that had to have been with those Wahoo circling the boat prowler. Captain Buzz Brizendine said it was just awesome to watch that happen. Well, it's going to be an exciting season, and one way to follow it is by listening to the voice himself, Phil Friedman. We want to get the latest up-to-the-date information and reports on what's happening, even if it is erroneous reports like me reporting that the blue whale had been uh, uh, you know, found off of Catalina Island, and that turned out to be not correct. You corrected it for us, though, Phil. How's the best way to get information from you? John, John, you're very kind. Thank you so very much. You can do it by going to www.pfomedia.com. You can join us on Facebook at PFO also, and you can listen to our English radio shows. And then our Spanish coverage is on the weekends, Friday nights at 9, Sunday mornings at 6 on AM 690, or... If you happen to speak Spanish and want to read about the latest in sport fishing and the outdoors, go to Facebook, Aventuras Libre.com, or you can go to www.aventurasaladelibre.com also. All right. Phil Friedman, thanks a lot for giving up some of your holiday weekend and always your Sundays. Great report. I'll probably be talking to you during the course of this week, but we look forward to hearing from you. Next Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Thanks a lot, Phil. Rod and Reel Radio rocks, John, Wendy, Stan, and everybody out there. Robert Yeager, a shout-out to you. Have a great one. Happy Labor Day. Thanks again, John. All right. Phil Friedman, <laughs> the voice. Well, Wendy, you going to get a chance to go out there and uh, kill anything this next week? No, I don't think so. Um, I'm still looking for my deer, so... We'll see what happens there, and then uh, I won't be fishing probably until the 17th on the Legends. All right. Stan, you're getting ready for another trip. Do you have any openings on that trip coming uh, Actually, up? it's going to be filmed for Stokes on Fishing again. Shay is coming with us to film the event again. So we had one spot uh, open on Friday night. If you, if you want, you can call me at the office on Tuesday. Just dial 800-BASS-BOAT, you know, 227-7262, spell bass boat. I can make a uh, uh, phone call real quick and find out if that spot is open, if you'd like to go with us and be filmed uh, on the TV show Stoked on Fishing, and uh, maybe catch a bunch of fish. We're going to have a good time no matter what, because I don't know where Bobby's going to go, <clears throat> and I really don't care, because I figure we're going to have five days of fishing. I know we're going to catch them, and we're going to have a lot of fun. That's all I know. Hey, John. Yes, Hey, with... John. A quick note. Ron Colby's going fishing on The Legend with me. Oh, man. <laughs> He is. Uh, he's he's from Yamamoto State. Yeah. Oh, you should have a lot of fun with Ron. I know he looks forward. He should look forward to fishing with you and and, and getting out and getting some of the the elephant tuna. Uh, Wendy, you have any more um, spots on that trip? Uh, you know, I am not sure. I have to check into that. I know they filled up three spots uh, with Ron and his friends. 
All right. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight for this Labor Day weekend. We want to thank JR and the AM540 Studios. Thank Ben, our local producer. And always, in memory, a big tune to Bill and Eddie McEwen. We want to wish you all a safe holiday weekend. Go out and get them. It's going to be great fishing. We'll look forward to space talking to you again next Sunday night on Ron Real Radio starting at 5.05. Keep safe. We're out for now.